Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with a wonderful guest, Katie Ramignolo. Uh, but before I introduce her, I would like to invite you to get to know yourself a little bit more and grab your pen, grab your piece of paper and go to superpowerquiz.us. Uh, this quiz I designed to show you where your particular set of giftedness lies because so often we're like fish in water and we don't even realize the water is there. Um, and this is your opportunity to look in a mirror and go, oh, I thought everyone was wired this way. Uh, so take your pen, take your piece of paper and get the answer to the question, what is your number one superpower today? Superpowerquiz.us. So our guest today, Katie, is a spiritual business coach who helps heart-led entrepreneurs overcome fear, break the cycle of self-sabotage, release past traumas so they can build a business they love and find fulfillment in their life and work. She's a multi-six-figure entrepreneur, a certified NLP master practitioner, multiple best-selling, award-winning author, and international speaker on the world tour for Think and Grow Rich and a podcast host. The founder of Moon Logic, Katie's unique system teaches how to work with moon phases to navigate life and business. She helps transform passion projects into six and seven figure empires. Welcome, Katie. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much, Sophia. It's just such an honor to be here in your beautiful space. Oh, thank you. I I love having these conversations. I regularly have business conversations because so many of us, when we wake up, go, I don't fit in this box of ticky tacky that I'm in and I need to get out. And there are very few places that are like sensitive wanted, intuitive required, right? <laughs> there yeah. just aren't, aren't a lot of job postings that are like, we need readers. So, a lot of us, and I, I throw myself in this group because it's been like this circular thing. I came from a really, what I wanna say, logical, organized, masculine dominated industries. I spent my entire career in those worlds into the woo world and like completely swung to the other end of that pendulum for many years. And I'm now in the moment of swinging back. And it can be a real struggle to kind of put your finger on what it is you're here to do and turn that into something that people are gonna go, oh, I need that. Yeah. So I love that you're here and I wanna have that conversation. But before we get started on that, I would like to ask you how you got started, Katie. How did mm -hmm. you end up in the woo world and working as a business consultant? 
Yeah. Well, oh, such a great question. Cause we have these really unique stories. I find as those who are swinging on that pendulum into the woo and from the logical. And I love your story. I connected so much initially with you and your story of how you actually moved into the work you do today. And I have sort of a similar version myself where I was living in really that logical sense of life as a real estate salesperson and, you know, moving through all the ways of life that we are told to do. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I call it checking off all the boxes, right? (laughs) Yes. The boxes and my boxes were, there were so many of them and I kept checking them, but yet going deeper and deeper into emotional despair, the more that I tried. Yes, because happiness was not at the end of that row of boxes, was it? No, happiness was not in the logical for me. And the interesting thing about it was that I still did need the sense of all the skills that I was gaining in business at that time to bring into this 3D experience. But I needed to acknowledge the spiritual part of myself, the energetic body that was craving to be let out and expressed. So for me, it honestly took a complete breakdown of my life where I found myself at a real estate conference and I was so incredibly nervous to be there. I had so much social anxiety that I was hiding at that point in my life, pretending to be this really strong top producing agent. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't fake it anymore. My body language Right. Yeah. Well, and it's so common to go through like the total meltdown as you're going into a transition like this. Yeah. And I, I like to kind of shine a light on that because so many people end up in these meltdown moments and it's like, what's wrong with me? I used to be, you know, confident. I used to be this intelligent person. I used to be, and now I'm just like this puddle of goo. And it's like, it's okay it's a phase. Yeah. Just, just ride it. It's okay. Yeah. Well, it's like getting the tower card in a tarot reading, (laughs) having your moment of everything that's been built is kind of on shaky ground for where you actually want to go. So stuff needs to shake away. And that rock bottom is actually the best thing that ever happened to me to figure out what were my unique gifts and where was I hiding myself from the world? Yeah. Well, and to go back to the real estate, since that has has arrived in our world you wouldn't want to build on top of all the rest of that stuff anyway rock bottom is where you need to start when you want to build something new and solid and enduring absolutely i had to completely change how i thought about myself because everything i had built up from that initial foundation was what i thought i was supposed to do and you know living in a society mm-hmm. that says you check the boxes you move from this linear sense of 1 2 3 was not actually the way the world was intended to be lived it's not yeah. linear our experience <laughs> yeah exactly so take us back to this moment at this real estate conference where the outgoing social top producing realtor is melting down and hiding like a wallflower. (laughs) Yeah, I'm having a panic attack inside. I'm sitting in this room with hundreds of other agents who are at the top of their field and trying to fit in, even though I was logically there. I had the numbers. I was supposed to be there in quotation marks. 
And instead inside, I was shaking like a leaf. My hands were sweaty. I was having my heart racing. So I did the one thing that I knew how to do best. And that was retreat. I got to get out of this space and somewhere where nobody can see how much I am extraordinarily out of my comfort zone right now. And well, and panic attacks can literally feel like you're dying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a scary, scary situation. It really is. And the body is telling us what we need to know. And oftentimes we're just not listening. So it had gotten to a state where I needed to retreat, but it was really divine intervention at that moment. It was almost like the universe, my guides knew, okay, this is going to happen to you. We need to put you in this state. So you're going to feel what you need to, to go in the direction that you need to. And I ended up in a breakout session where there was only about 20, 30 people in the room. I thought I could hide in there, but it turns out the exact people that I needed to meet who were coaches and practitioners of NLP talking about the subconscious mind. That was my first step into really discussing what was going on under the surface for me. And it had nothing to do with real estate. <laughs> I love that. It had nothing to do with every real estate, but everything to do with success. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And being able to, or having the capacity to receive that success, which yeah you know, from the little bit you've told me so far, it sounds like you had a real capacity problem in that moment. Yeah, you are bang on because I was really good at giving of myself and doing, doing more. But I had this interesting exercise I did with someone shortly after that, where we stood in front of each other parallel and closed our eyes. And it was about, are you going to feel like you need to move your body back because you are feeling the love and energy that person's giving you? Or do you need to pull into them. And I just couldn't move. I remember feeling and sensing nothing that I couldn't actually receive what that other person was intending towards me. And I was so incredibly blocked in that moment. And that was a really eye-opening yeah. state. Yeah. You were walled off is what you were. <laughs> I sure was. <laughs> I recognize that state because I once lived there myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we put these walls up to protect ourselves. I, I kind of want to circle back to the observation you made earlier that we don't listen to our bodies. Our bodies have a lot of a wisdom, but we don't listen to them. And I'd, I'd like to, what I want to say, provide compassion around that because we're raised to ignore our bodies. Mm -hmm. We're trained to. Society trains us to ignore what your body is telling you. Mm -hmm. push through the pain, you know, suck it up, press on regardless. All of these messages come to us as children. And so we're raised to just ignore and press yeah. on regardless. So if you found yourself in that state, it's like, geez, I didn't listen. My body was giving me warning signs. Have a little compassion for yourself because you weren't trained to listen to your body to start with. Yeah. And it's a new skill that you're learning here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that sixth sense that we're diving into. And there's this moment in time where you really enter the healing phase of life. And something that can feel really confusing is all of the bodily sensations that happen, which we interpret as pain or discomfort or illness. And it, for me, it showed up a lot in, um, in my power center within my gut and my digestion. 
And knowing that I really had this imbalance of who I thought I was and that, you know, source of uh, centered safety and security, it started to make a lot of sense that I was having these stress symptoms within how my body felt because it was trying to identify this is the times when you feel like this, that you don't actually feel safe. And we need to understand Mm -hmm. why. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to this breakout session, you've discovered that you're not receiving anything. Where where does it move from there? <laughs> oh my goodness, a whole lot of emotions. All the ones that I didn't know that I was not letting myself feel. And I was at a state where on the outside, it looked like I had this amazing life and all the things that you know we're told that we want to have in order to look successful. But what was really happening is I was funneling so much into that lifestyle that my finances were actually getting worse and worse and worse because it wasn't in alignment to me. And isn't that ironic? And I I think I want to shine a little light on that also, because a lot of us and I again, I'm in that group. I went through this phase. I was in banking at the time. um, Will think that money is going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is you can be broke at some amazingly impressive income levels. Yeah. <laughs> because it's it's not about the in number, it's about the balance of the in and the out. Yeah. And it's all about that state of really that masculine drive that we're not allowing ourselves to necessarily get back into flow and that divine feminine, that balance between. And I was too much in drive mode, therefore not receiving. And so in that moment, I realized the thing that they were talking about was actually getting certified as a practitioner and it was around communication. So I had my logical side of myself had told me that, okay, like, communication. I need better communication skills. So that's the only part I could grab onto logically at the time when it was really about subconscious feelings. And I signed up in that moment for a program that I could not afford, but was too embarrassed to say that I couldn't afford it because at my income level, it should not have been a problem, but I did it without any thought. And it was probably the first time I had no real serious fear in doing something like that for myself. Isn't that interesting? I, I love that there was no fear around it because many people would have been absolutely petrified in that circumstance. It's like, I've made this large financial commitment and I ain't got no clue how it's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) And that tends to send off, set off people's stress meters. Um, but the fact that you had no fear around it says to me that your higher self was in there going this this is the thing you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it was definitely divine intervention. I was most certainly guided right into that moment. And it was just about actually saying yes to all of the resources and opportunities that were showing up for me at exactly the right time. Yeah, it's funny how those will show up exactly when you need them. I apologize for my frog. It's going to come and go because, well, allergy season. What can you do? (laughs) (laughs) So that is a beautiful thing. So how did it how did it progress from there? Was it a moment where the panic eventually arrived around the money or how did this play out? Because I know sometimes it'll be like, yes, this is the thing and you move forward on trust and you get past the committed stage and all of a sudden your your personality self kicks in and goes, "What the frick did I just do?" 
<laughs> yeah, I well, I certainly have my moments around that. But the amazing thing was that this was a very quick deep dive. It was starting right away. It was uh, two weeks of really being immersed into nice. 12 hours of day of training. So again, that timing that made so much sense that it didn't allow my logical sense to take over and start being worried. I just was fully immersed into what I needed to do for healing. And trusting that was something that I kind of had to not think about what I was doing in order to just do. I had to go a little bit numb and just say, I know that this lined up for a reason and I have to keep showing up each day. There's a reason here. Excellent. I know a lot of times when we go down the healing path, there are these moments of, oh, I don't want to go into that. <laughs> did you have any of those as you went along and how did you deal with those? I developed this saying. So I had realized very quickly in that my big issue was with fear. I grew up in a household mm. that was really ruled by fear. Everything was dictatorship. Do as you're told. If you don't, it's serious consequences. And so I had used all of that information to say, okay, I've been told essentially that I need <laughs> to do this. And so it worked in my favor initially. I'm going to show up for this. But the moment that I started having those fear responses in the body, I started telling myself, you need to conquer your fear. And that, that word came through all of a sudden one time. And every time it came up to say, you need to conquer your fear, I realized this is something that has a, a deep hold on every area of my life. So if I'm able to conquer how I feel in this moment, maybe the next moment won't feel as bad. And I just had to really take it second by second sometimes where I thought, you know, I'm going to go into a, a clear panic attack here from you know, <laughs> just being in all of the emotions of what I was going through in the training. But it was literally second by second sometimes. And I had a really amazing friend that said to me, you know, all the things that you're worried about in this moment, are they happening right now? And I said, yes. well, no, I think like they might happen. And she said, if they're not happening right now, then everything is okay. Right. In this yes. moment, everything yes. is okay. And that's that's a beautiful tool to have in your toolbox. I don't yeah. want to shine a little light on that tool that is it happening right now in this moment because it can really become the stepping stone that starts to break you out of that like trapped, paralyzed kind of situation. Yeah. It's it's not none of it is happening right now in this moment. In fact, I'm I'm closed. I've had a meal recently. I've got a house over my head. I've got, you know, all people around me. I've got all the things that make life okay right now, right here in this moment. Yeah. I'm breathing. I'm not injured. I'm not sick. Um, and sometimes it's important to just really focus on that fundamental stuff and know that I am okay. Because yeah. if you don't feel like, you're secure in your survival. You can't do anything else beyond that. No. That's the first step. It's the foundation of Maslow's pyramid. And so if you're in a fear state, it's probably one of those things you're concerned about, one of those survival issues. Yeah, absolutely. And, and noticing where is the next step up from there, rather than trying to get to the top of that pyramid to be in, you know, pure joy and love and enlightenment. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to go on <laughs> before that can occur. Yeah, exactly. So we are up on our first break already. Can you believe? So I would like to invite everyone out there 
who's joined us today. Um, I'm so happy you're here with me, first of all, with us. And take a few moments with your pen and paper as we go through the break here. And make a little list of the fears that have been buggering you because they do that and they you kind of get used to them in a lot of ways so put your fears into a little pile and hang with us we'll be right back from the break and tell you how to start conquering those step by step Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renee Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you, and go out and live soul first. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales, and I am here with the amazing and wonderful Katie Ramagnolo. And so, Katie, you were undergoing this NLP training, which turned out to be massively healing for you, as opposed to just purely communicative. <laughs> yes. Uh, how, how to put it? Um, I know a lot of times when we go in with a certain expectation, there's a moment where we go, oh, this is not about that at all. Well, what was that moment for you? <laughs> the moment where I realized that I didn't have trouble communicating. I actually was really good at talking. My problem was that I thought that I was somebody that was really shy. And then when I said, what do you mean? How am I really shy, Katie? You're like, to everybody here. You don't have a problem with that. (laughs) And it was the moment where I realized that I had interpreted my life as a woman, as someone who was weak. 
Mm-hmm. I had actually thought that women as a whole, somewhere deep in my subconscious, were weak. And therefore, I can't do the things that I want to do. I must be shy. I must be this. I can't communicate because women are weak and weak women don't communicate. Oh, let's sit with that for a second because it's not just somewhere in Katie's subconscious, right? The patriarchy, which is what our our society is established on, sends that message in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. It is so deep. It was so deep that I couldn't see it. I didn't expect that to be the thing that would surface. And it went so far into the roots of who I was that not only had I not realized it, but I actually thought I was the opposite in my conscious waking state. So in order to counterbalance that subconscious deep root of women are weak, therefore you are weak, Katie, I had to show up as strong, as masculine, as go, do, assertive, and that type of energy, which is not, I don't think any woman's natural real state yeah, there are very few that, that what I want to say, have that aggressive masculine aspect that steps forward. And I think more as we, what I want to say, break down traditional gender roles and this sort of thing, yeah. uh, you see that more in the LGBTQI, I've lost track of all of the alphabet that goes with that, um, but it allows people now who do run that energy, but were born female to go, I was really meant to be a guy and to Mm -hmm. transition to that if it feels right to them. Yeah. And I do believe we all have this balance between we shift, right? Right. We're never one thing only. And so my issue arose when I was only either a weak woman or a hugely masculine driver and that was not a safe space for me to operate within. I needed to land in the middle. Yeah, well, and I think that maybe, maybe you're telling us that that was at the root of the reason, in fact, that you didn't feel like you belonged there. Yeah, absolutely. And realizing that a lot of it, not only did I have these subconscious triggers around society programming, it was also that, uh, and this was super fascinating, what really dove me into the woo aspect of who I am, was that I had experiences inside my mother's womb that I was not consciously aware of, but that I started to understand through some muscle testing, right? Mm. Through some different types of modalities and healing sessions that I was doing. And I would go back to my mom and say, okay, like this thing is, is coming forward right now. My body is saying that something is going on at this point in time in the womb. What, what was your life like at that time? Yeah. And it was incredible how much her experience that was lived at that moment as being put into a box of a weak woman in quotation marks actually Mm -hmm. showed up in my neurology as an adult. Yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the interesting things that they're discovering in science. Okay. Science is my background. And so I pay attention to things like epigenetics and that's a big word that basically says your environment changes your DNA and how it's expressed out into the world. And it's actually something that's heritable. Your mother could go through a period of extreme famine or a war or something like that. And it will create changes in her DNA that she'll pass on to her children. Yeah. 
And so if you're walking around with kind of this vague PTSD stress response thing happening and you've never been through anything that should elicit that, well, hello, your mother was. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I truly believe that as that experience comes into awareness, whether you know exactly what went on or not, you can start to understand the emotions that are held in the body around it. When you start to identify and move forward and and heal that in yourself, it starts to heal the family line. It's quite incredible what occurs naturally as well. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how the healing flows back up the ancestral line as well as down? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, my mom said to me one time when I first really started this work, she said, you know, you're, it it really feels to me like you're finishing the work that I started. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Cause I never knew my mom to be into anything in the woo or, you know, we were very logical, went to church, very strict and very conservative. And it turns out my mom as a young woman was, was basically who I am today, just in a, you know, more sheltered sense, not out in the world and, and in her own centered space and home, she was, you know, the one tapping into energy. She has some amazing spiritual gifts that were shut down for a lot of life. And immediately kind of picked up and moved that beacon over and continued forward in my life. That's wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. It's interesting how sometimes religion can be supportive of making that shift and other times it can be a block to making that shift. Yeah. Oh, And I, I always love when people can find that path, that connection into the divine. That's amazing. I love that. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going through this, um, this seminar and you're having these moments of fear that come up and you've had this mantra, you know, about conquering the fear. How do you really conquer that fear, Katie? Mm. Tell us how that goes. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, talking about that muscle memory of who we are, our lived experience often will supersede our thoughts that we're trying to instill as new ways of being. And the mind does this really incredible thing where it doesn't know the difference between something that you're worrying about or having anxiety about versus something that has actually occurred. And so chances are, if we're worried about something going wrong in the future or not happening or, you know, happening in a way that's really scary, we're doing this disaster film where it feels like I'm experiencing this. I'm visualizing and knowing that this might occur. And the horrible part about anxiety and, and someone who has definitely struggled with anxiety for a long portion of my life is that most times the thing that we're worried about doesn't actually happen, right? Like, yeah. Worst case scenario, it's it's highly unlikely that it's going to happen. Yeah, that that horrible car wreck that takes out your entire family or, yeah. or whatever your personal disaster real is. Yes. Yeah. It's not actually occurring in your waking state, but the trouble with visualizing and seeing it and remembering it and thinking about it over and over again is that your body actually experiences the stress response of that event occurring over and over, over and, and over, and over and over and over. And the thing that you repeat is the thing that goes down into your subconscious and sits there and percolates. Exactly. So I needed to learn how to retransform that film, that disaster film that I was seeing in my mind and how to immediately shift it into another version. 
And there was a technique that I learned that I now call the one minute movie. And it's really about immersing yourself in switching that and rewriting that script. And it literally takes one minute and you immerse yourself in as if you're in a movie and thinking about usually the opposite of what's worrying you and putting yourself right in the moment of what if this went incredibly well? What if this was the most magical thing that ever happened to you? Where would you be? Who would be with you? I love that set of questions. And I'm going to ask you to repeat them Mm -hmm. so that people can catch this on their their piece of paper. Because a lot of times when you're in that replaying the disaster real mode, it can be hard to think of, well, what's the flip side of that? Because you're in that negative track of thoughts. And Mm -hmm. this is the you know, a radical opposite of that. So repeat those questions again. Yeah. Well, the opposite there is the key, right? If you're stuck in the moment of not knowing how would I want this to go better? What is the most magical sense of what could happen? Literally ask yourself, what is the opposite of what I'm worried about? So if you're worried that there's going to be some sort of car crash, like we were going back to before, then, you know, what is it that would happen instead? right? The keyword, Mm -hmm. what would happen instead that would make this the most magical, best possible version. And, you know, immediately that comes to mind for me would be, Oh, I'm driving in my car. I'm listening to my favorite song. There are birds chirping. The sun is bright that there is no traffic for some reason today on the road. There is rocking down the road is smooth sailing. Yeah. Yeah. So asking yourself, how could this go the best possible way? What would I love to happen instead? And think about that for a moment first, because what you're going to do is close your eyes and where is it that you after be- you pull to the side of the road if you're yeah. driving <laughs> before you even get in the car yes. this is like before the events of your day the moment that you're realizing you're worried right mm. absolutely great point and so closing your eyes and noticing that moment of what would happen instead what would you love to occur and asking yourself where would you be where would you be in the moment when you knew that this scenario went the best possible way that it could And one of the ways I used to use this was when I started speaking and getting on some bigger stages, I literally thought I was going to pee my pants. I was so nervous. Yeah. I mean, people (laughs) equate speaking in front of a group with the fear of dying is that intense for many people. Absolutely. I I was fortunate as a child because I quickly discovered that large groups are much more accepting and approving than people are one-on-one, especially when Mm -hmm. you're in middle school. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I totally agree. And so, yeah, I I kind of have the reverse of that, but it's a much more Mm -hmm. common fear. Yeah. Yeah. I thought my body was just going to, I was not going to have control of my body. It was going to happen. So I was realizing I was actually visualizing that by accident. So instead I said, what would you like to happen instead, Katie? What is the best possible version of events that could occur? And in order for me to really connect into the feeling of it, because that's the next part that's really important. It's not just about seeing yourself there and it going well, but how do you want to feel, right? What is it going to be like when you experience that? And I wanted to feel proud of myself, excited, accomplished. You know, I got over my fear and just happy and joyful in that moment. So what would make me feel that way? And I thought it's got to be fun. It's got to be silly. So what I would imagine I'm at the end of speaking and people are throwing roses on the stage and, oh, that was the best thing I have ever heard. And they're standing ovations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And the more you can amplify the version, even make it super silly, fun, and just outrageous, it actually connects you into those feelings that are underneath the fear and the worry that are just diffusing all of that. So you're just going to envision you're you're there in the moment. Who are you with? What are the sounds that you hear? Yeah. What's the feeling that you can call right into your body? And you're going to just sit there for a minute in it. You're going to imagine that you're there. And you're just going to allow for that actual feeling to wash over you. And it changes things quickly to do that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are concerned about getting up there and making a mistake or forgetting their words, this kind of thing. Um, And one of the, I want to say, mental rehearsal things that I've done, because I've performed quite a bit in the course Mm -hmm. of my life, (laughs) uh, is instead of going, oh, no, I've blanked and all the horrible things that that spin out of that, you can take that moment of blanking and envision yourself coming up with something even better, Mm -hmm. more fun, you know, making a joke that breaks the ice or or whatever the thing is uh, that leads you to success, even though, even though the thing that you feared happened. Yeah. Well, I truly believe that all sense of performing or, you know, giving a great talk or speech is all channeling. It's all just being that open and divine channel of allowing for that inspired information to come through you. And the moment we can let go of the thoughts that we need to say something, we can allow for the the words that are actually most conducive to that thought to appear and to run through us. So sometimes we need to do the opposite of rehearsing as well and to actually say, Ooh, wow. Maybe I need this pause because there's a different form of information that needs to come through for that person in front of me. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things I'd like to, to share in there is if you're having one of these moments of, you know, it's all about me. One of the beautiful things is to shift into what's the experience you want the audience to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like to envision myself five years ago who needed to hear the words that I was saying and imagine that she's sitting in the audience and and say, what did she need to hear today? What did she need to know? And it helps me to kind of get into that state that this is not about you. This is about the version of everyone out there who's connected to the, the moment in time in which that transformation is about to occur. Is there anything else we need to know about our one minute movie? Just do it as often as you can. And the best time is right before sleep. We're about to get into that really centered state of openness. And if you can do it while about to fall asleep, not only will you probably fall asleep before that one minute is up, but it'll really instill into the subconscious and become on repeat as you're resting. Yeah, I love that. The, the last things you take in are the things you tend to mull over over the course of the night. So let's let it not be the evening news. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so you went through this this NLP seminar. How did this change your life? How did it influence or impact your trajectory in your career in your life? 
Mm, it completely course corrected my life into an area that I didn't know that I was uh, needing to do that I was called to do in this lifetime. And as I was going through those trainings and feeling all of the emotions of everything that was stuck below, I found myself in the middle of the night, just kind of sneaking outside of my home and looking up into the sky. And I didn't realize it, but those nights were, it was during the full moon for that period. And I'd look up at the moon and I would say like, why, why is my life so difficult? I just, I had so many questions that were coming up. Oh, yes. Let's talk about questions because life will answer whatever you ask. And why is my life so difficult? Um, I'm not so sure that's a question I want to ask on a regular basis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's so true. And I had been so used to not asking questions because if you're in my mind, strong, confident women, I have all the answers. I don't need to ask questions. Why would I ask questions? Questions actually move things. (laughs) Yeah. So I opened the floodgates unknowingly in those nights of energetic resources, everything that I called out through my tears that I wondered about started to show up in my life in huge miraculous ways, all of the connecting pieces, all the breadcrumbs, I call them to all of the answers I needed really started to amass. And I started to wonder, I I call them soul breadcrumbs. Yes. (laughs) I love that so much. It's so true. And for me, the catalyst for that ended up being this anchor to the moon. I realized, oh, I was going out and and speaking to this beautiful thing in the sky that was one of the only presences that didn't require something of me. I felt safe there because it was just a constant and steady that I could go and pour my heart out without somebody trying to fix it or need something of me to do. And I really started to connect into when I went out the noticing that the moon actually looked different, that there was different phases and how I felt and the inquisitive questions I was asking seemed to be aligned with different phases. And I went down this rabbit hole of information on what is with my calling to the moon. And it started to put all of those soul breadcrumbs, as you say, together for me as to why I was being drawn into all of these trainings with my NLP. Mm, beautiful. And what did your NLP teach you about the questions you had asked previous in your life and the questions you were now asking? What were some insights around that? Yeah, it was all about my subconscious thoughts. I really learned through my trainings that I am only who I'm presenting to the world, this tiny little portion of who I actually am. And that part that I had been operating in that five to 10% that I showed people was such a small snippet. And it was really a a conformed version of what I thought it was supposed to be. So I learned in that 90% of who I am under the surface and the subconscious, that that's where all of my happiness and success and fulfillment actually lied. Oh, hello. Yeah, it's not in the external for sure. No, it sure wasn't. Yeah. So how do you begin to ferret out your happiness? Yeah. Ooh, I love this question because for me, it really started with my internal values. And I thought, okay, well, I know my values, right? Like I, I know what I oh, value. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I've, I've done that exercise before. Here's the sheet with the values circle yours. And I would, I would go through looking for the right values yeah. air quotes. Um, and I was like, 37 before I realized that those weren't actually my values. Those were my mom's values. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) 
dang okay how did i manage to live this long with somebody else's values and and it showed in my discontentment with my life yeah oh absolutely and doing those values from an unconscious state instead of choosing you know what are my options that i can choose here presented in front of me was what started to shift that i had some unconscious drivers for why i was doing what i was doing and it really turned out that freedom for me was the the big one that I, I valued most that I didn't know I wasn't getting. Oh my goodness, I love that. We share that particular value. And the, the funny thing that happened once I went down this road of, well, what are really my values, not the ones that were impressed upon me as a child? What are really mine? Yeah. They all start with the letter F. It's freedom, it's flexibility, ah. it's fun, it's friends, it's family, it's all kind of frivolity. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting. I, I I wonder, do you know what is the resonance on F? Because we have uh like the letters in the alphabet, they actually hold a resonance and a meaning. And I yeah. really resonate with M a lot of the time and the moon and the magic and it's a curious thing that we we actually gravitate to a certain letter that unfolds as meaning in our life. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm going to research after this. Yeah, that's cool. Ooh. <laughs> you have to let us know. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. How did you move from this moment of healing and realization? And I, I know moment is probably the wrong word. Healing usually takes more than just a moment. Um, where did that take your career tra trajectory? Did you stay in real estate or how did this unfold? Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I stayed yet I went. So I realized that I needed to venture outside and take the information I had as who I was and, and move it into a new space. And at first I applied everything I knew to my real estate career to get myself more in alignment to how I was bringing in abundance in my life. And people started to notice. So six months later, everyone's like, whoa, what, what is going on with your life? How did this happen? I didn't tell anyone. I was just doing the work. Yes. And I started to get people asking me, can you help me too? And I thought, no, I don't do that. <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's not my job. What? No, I, I do real estate. <laughs> yeah, I, I did this for me. You know, I figured out my own life. And that, that was the purpose and why I was drawn into these trainings. And I kept getting asked. And finally, this really amazing friend of mine literally bonked me on the head and said, what are you doing? Like, why are you saying no to this showing up in your life? You love it. It lights you up when you get to guide people through these things you've learned. Why are you saying no? And I had yeah. to deal with that fear and weak moment. Exactly. It's it's more of the soul breadcrumbs only. These aren't quite as palatable, perhaps, as some of the other ones. And yeah. I think that's not at all uncommon that we'll yeah. end up in these moments of, I want to, but I don't feel like I'm ready or that I yeah. can. I know I see it a fair amount in clients that, well, I haven't done enough work. I'm not healed. I'm not whole yet, which is what healing is about. Um, yeah. You don't have to be done. You don't have to be whole. You just have to have a good set of tools you can set, you can share with someone else to allow them to reach the state that you have. Yeah, you, know, absolutely. you don't have to have anything more than that. 
Right. And people will be attracted to you because of exactly what you've just been through that they then are looking to you to, to guide the way. And you can really feel actually when you're connected with somebody because of you'll, you'll share those past experiences. Oh my goodness. I had such a similar thing happen. You'll have said in a conversation and it gives that comfort. And uh, I had these tingles that went right through my body when you were saying that. And it just reminds me of the moment when you get an opportunity to do something and it doesn't feel right, that that's actually your perfect next step. It wouldn't be showing up in your world if you weren't ready for it. It's, it's your moment of growth. And I think some of this, we're going to go back to how we were raised and what we were told. Um, and men generally don't have this. Women are raised mm. with this. Before women feel like they can apply for a job, they mm -hmm. have to be able to tick all the boxes on that job description. That is not true with a guy. Yeah. A guy looks at the job aspirationally. Mm. It's like, okay, I've got 50, 60% of what they need. I can, I can grow into the rest. Right. And mm. I, I like to shine a light on that because, again, it's this inside your own head. I'm looking at this job listing. I don't have all the things. <laughs> Honey, you don't need all the things. Here's your permission slip to apply for something that you're 60% qualified to do. Yeah. And yeah. learn the rest on the, on the job. And that's how your soul will present things to you as well. So yeah. when you're presented with this opportunity that it's like it feels bigger than me. Yeah. It's yours, baby. Go get it. Yeah. It's coming to you. It's seeking you. And I was sitting on the couch one day and I all of a sudden had this word that popped in my head a couple of years back. And I'd been a coach for about three, four years. And all of a sudden this word, and I was, what, what is this word? And I felt immediately I had to like register this word. This word is a, a word that means something. And it was I moon to logic. Ah, very good. So tell us about moon logic. Yeah. Moon logic is my baby, my sole purpose that came to me. It, it totally seeped me out. And it is where I get to mesh the two worlds of what I know to be true, the magic. So the moon representing all of that energetic spiritual phases that we go through. And then the logic side representing that 3D, you know, physical experience that we have. And how do we meet in the middle and actually walk through this life experience to find our purpose and to be of service? We need to capture both sides. It's yes. kind of the yin and the yang, the feminine, the masculine, and all of those different sides as well. And moon logic became this, uh, just, uh, I just, it, it's almost an entity, right? It's almost <laughs> this part that is not of me that is just flowing through me. And it's where I get to teach how to navigate uh, life and business with moon phases and apply all of the amazing trainings that I know to be true to capture some incredible results, but do it authentically and moving into the space of healing rather than doing. Yeah, I love that. I know a lot of times when you're considering making a shift, there can be some concern about how the rest of the world is going to take this, mm -hmm. especially if you're a woman in a man's world, in a male-dominated industry. Um, how do you negotiate that? How do you bring more of the feminine intuitive into your world without losing your your street cred with the guys. <laughs> 
It's so fascinating because I think the reason why this occurred naturally for me in that transition was that I was actually a hermit at that stage of my life. I didn't actually go out and do the whole comparison thing. I wasn't networking a lot. I wasn't exposing myself to the way other people were doing things that I sort of naively went into. I'm just going to show up and do these things the way that I want to do them. I'm going to be the soft negotiator. I'm going to be the one that is super kind and I truly believe it was divine inspiration and, and intervention again in my life that said, you don't need to know that if you do this another way, there's, there's going to be a scary result that happens. So I was fortunate that every time I just did the opposite of what I knew to be true before and to show up fully in my warmness, it was received beautifully. The beautiful thing that actually happened in that masculine sense and dealing with a lot of, say, agents that were really top producers, hard lines, was that it started to diffuse every time there was this really difficult conversation. When I showed up in that different space of, I hear you and I see how this is a problem, what do we do to fix this? Yeah, it completely takes down the resistance and the walls. Yes. Yeah. So my experience was quite beautiful in bringing in that feminine flow into that structured workspace because it wasn't about saying, okay, I don't get to actually show up and, and, you know, fight for my clients and do the thing that I'm used to doing. It was changing my language around how I was holding strong in that energy. So it was the slightest shift of what I was saying. Well, and I love that you sought to understand them before even moving into any kind of a, and now understand our position. It makes a huge, huge difference. So we are down to like our last minute here. And I know you brought a gift. So describe it in like 20 seconds. Oh, yes. So a huge thing that changed in my life was knowing when the moon phases are, what is the energy that is conducive to that phase? So you're not swimming against all of the current that's trying to flow with you. So I have a free moon calendar that outlines every single month, exactly what phase you're in, what type of momenting or releasing phase it might be, what to do and mantras that come along with it. And uh, my special gift today, it's brand new every single month. So you'll always know sort of the energy that uh, we're sitting within and, and what to do and what not to do. That is beautiful. And if you check the show liner below, the, the show notes below the episode, you will have the link to go find that free gift as well as to reach out and contact Katie if you feel so inclined. Um, Thank you so much for joining me here today, Katie. It's been an amazing and I I believe useful conversation in a lot of ways. Mm, Thank you so much for having me and your beautiful audience and the work that you're doing. I just uh, adore that you've stepped into your your full light and offering this space. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who joined us here today. I do this for you. I do this to serve in the best way that I know how. Uh, And part of the knowing how is hearing from my listeners. So do me a favor, shoot me a quick email to ask Zofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co and let me know what you like, what you didn't like, what you'd like to hear, if there's a guest I absolutely need to have on, whatever is on your heart and mind and soul that you wish to share, I would love to hear. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. 
Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here 